dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sure he did. Touchdown to Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Hello and welcome to the One Podcast. I'm Tori Petri, your host for this official Lions podcast. We are now in the off-season version of the One Podcast. We kind of broke down the season last week with Tim and Mike, and you'll be hearing a lot more from Tim and Mike as this off-season goes on. Today, I have Mike O'Hara with me. Mike, thanks for joining us. On well, the it's great to be here with you in Studio 2019. <laughs> I know we're we're a week into 2019. Hope you guys listening are having a good 2019 so far, Mike. How's the new year treating you? Well, it's treating me okay. You know, I have no complaints. It's uh, it's better than I deserve, and I, I appreciate it. Well, it's rough that you have to spend time here on the podcast with me, so uh, I'm it's sorry the, for it's, that. It's the highlight of this day, <laughs> but it's early. <laughs> this is true. It is very early, so uh, there's plenty more highlights to be had. Uh, now, the highlight of this last week for the Lions was Bob Quinn talking to the media on Friday. He covered a lot of stuff. He talked for a long time with the media. Mike, what were your main takeaways from that conversation? Well, he talked so long that he even explained why he doesn't talk <laughs> during the season, which was, right. which I thought was uh, thought was uh, sort of a neat uh, addition to it. I thought, first of all, starting off uh, the issue of Matthew Stafford and the rumors and the noise about being traded, he's not going to be traded. He's the, he's their quarterback. And also he got pretty specific on some of the injury uh, issues that Stafford played over. He talked about his toughness. Uh, and I think we found out that there was more to the back injury than, than we probably thought. Now, I don't think it's requiring surgery or anything like that. But he was pretty strong about that. And then just going through some of the roster things. Uh, was he disappointed in the record? Yeah, 6-10. and 10. He never wants to take a step back. He said it's only the second losing record he's ever had in the years he's been in the National Football League, first with the New England Patriots and now with the Detroit Lions. And he sort of, you know, gave a personnel breakdown. You know, he didn't grade every player for us like he'd like him. You know, wish we'd let, let's, sure. let's go through the A through E grades. He didn't do that, but he really addressed the roster. Yeah, I think one of the big th- questions that people had for Bob Quinn was his comment last year about how 9-7 and seven wasn't good enough, and that's why they had to make the coaching change. And this year they finished with a worse record than 9-7, and seven, and he addressed that in his press conference. He said, you know, that that's a question people have, but to him both seasons were a disappointment because it's lower than the standard that he has for this team. What was your reaction to that comment? Well, I, uh, he, I'm not surprised he said that because, look, when you say something, those words are remembered, and, and he knows that. He's been in the business a long time. I agree with them. Nine and seven isn't good enough. It's better than six and ten, but it's not. It doesn't get you anywhere. Sure. It gets you into the playoffs, and basically you get knocked out in the first round. Other exceptions, I know that. Uh, this year, the you know the the uh, Philadelphia Eagles were one of them in the first round. You you can advance, but if you want to be a a good team and you want to go deep into the playoffs, you have to be good, and that's reflected in your record. And the teams that make you know go the distance in the in, to, to the Super Bowl, either to get there or to win it, you know generally win 11, 12, 13 games. And that's that's where you want to get, and you want to get home field advantage and win your division. Yeah, and you talked about how he addressed Matthew Stafford. That was an important part as well. He talked about uh, that back injury, but he also said that coaches need to put him in a better position to, to use his skills better. What did you think of uh, of what that might mean for this offensive Well, he also research? referred to it as scheming up, too, and, and – uh, to me, that was a direct relation, direct commentary on why Jim Bob Cooter is no longer the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. And as we speak right now, the search goes on. And 
I think that was probably a mutual parting. If, if, there, if there ever really is one, I think it was between uh, Matt Patricia, the head coach, and Jim Bob Cooter. I don't think it was the offense that really Jim Bob Cooter wants to run, you know, overall. And I think it's, uh, and I don't think he had probably adjusted to what fully, you know, I mean, look, you call, you got to call the plays that they tell you to call, or at least to run the system that they want you to run. But I don't think it was his, his first choice of what he wanted to do. And I think it was in that regard a mutual party. Now, whether he could have stayed and said, okay, I'll do this or that, I mean, whoever's going to know. The bottom line is that they're looking for a new coordinator. What do you think the difference is in what Jim Bob wanted to run versus what Matt Patricia wants to run? Well, I think Matt Patricia right now is, is, and I think this was reflected in in the second half of the season, more run-oriented, not and we'll get into the balance thing, and I got my own theory on that. But more run-oriented, more a sounder, you know, a stronger, tougher up front offense than the Lions have had here in a long, long time. And I think if you look over the second half of the season, although it wasn't reflected in the one-loss record, uh, you know, they were what three and five in the first, or three and four, then three and five, and then three and five in the second half. So they basically the same record. But I don't think I think it's undeniable that, that they were stronger up front as a team on offense. That was reflected in the running game, even with Carryon Johnson out in the second half, most of the second half of the season. They averaged 105 or something yards per game on the ground compared to 70 something the year before. And the flip side of that, they were stronger against the run up front too. I thought no doubt that they were a stronger tackling team, a stronger pass rush team, stronger defensively, and stronger and tougher up front on offense. So I think I think that's what you want to see in Matt Patricia. And also, also Tori, I think it's also reflected in the uh, in the turnovers. They had seven of the 16 games. That's almost half of the games where they didn't have a turnover this year. That's a franchise record now. Did it get them anywhere? No, because sometimes you got to take risks to get a reward. But but you're not going to you're you're going to die, not live, committing turnovers in the National Football League. Well, you brought up the word balance. That's a word that Matt Patricia used. That's what Bob Quinn has used. What does that What does that mean? What does that look like in 2019 for the Lions? Well, let's just say you run 60 plays. Just let's just use that number. It's probably 60. Probably average about 65 plays a game. It doesn't mean you're going to run 30 times and pass 30 times. National Football League is a throw first league, and that that that's. That's not going to change anytime soon, although it might because you never know the cycles when defenses catch up to offenses. And that started to happen this year, by the way. Uh, but it, it means this. When you want to run, you can run. When you want to throw, you can throw. And I'll, I, I think I said this on one of our podcasts before. The AFC Championship game of the New England Patriots last year when they played the Jaguars to go to the Super Bowl, they faced a third and seven or eight, whatever it was. And this is, you think, oh, yeah, drop back, you know, Tom Brady, drop back and throw it. No, they ran a jet sweep around left end against one of the best defenses in football for 12 or 13 yards, first down, game over. In other words, that is part of their arsenal. When they want to run, they can run. When they have to run, they can run. Now, it doesn't mean that it's always going to work, but they have the capability of doing it. For the last four years, the Detroit Lions couldn't run when they wanted to run, couldn't run when they had to run. I think that's changing. Yeah, it's definitely something that improved uh, this season in terms of 
getting more into the run game, having a bigger commitment to the run game, and having more success in the run game. But what we didn't see really this year is a lot of that uh, downfield passing success from Matthew Stafford. When we say a more balanced offense, when we say more commitment to the run game, does it mean that Matt Patricia wants to eliminate that part of Matthew's game? How, how does that work moving forward? Well, I don't think he wants to eliminate it. I think, uh, I think part of it eliminated itself with the injury to Marvin Jones Jr. He was... Sure. He was their best. He's a really a vertical threat. Uh, and when they had Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, and and uh, Marvin Jones Jr., they had the short to intermediate with, with Golden Tate, whose yards after the catch added to the overall passing yards. In other words, he'd catch a three, catch a four-yard pass and turn it into 12 or 13. Well, it's not a 13-yard completion. It's a three-yard completion with an eight- or nine-yard run. And so it sort of inflates that, you know, the, 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 uh, the yards per attempt. But they've really got to add that to him. You could just see teams are just climbing all over because they didn't have a deep threat at all. Even Kenny Galladay, I don't think he's going to beat you with speed. He's going to beat you with size, 6'4", 218, sure. 220, long arms, and a willingness to go up and get the ball with, with tremendously strong hands. We've seen him just rip the ball away from defenders. What looked like interceptions, really, to me, where you could almost classify them as fumble recoveries, you know, ball in the hands of the, of the defender and ripped away by Kenny Galladay on the way down. So I think they've got to, you know, get Marvin Jones Jr. back to full health, but add that deep component of pass receiver with speed. Right. I mean, that's that's what Bob Quinn said was that he wanted to be able to put Matthew in better position to use his skills, and that is one of Matthew's skills. And uh, it would make sense that they would want to reincorporate that as well as keep their commitment to the run game. Right, and look, the tremendous arm on Matthew Stafford, right. tremendous competitor, throw the ball through tight windows, throw it deep. You know, like the, the percentage of the completion percentage on deep throws, I mean, the, every yard you go down, it's sort of like putting in, 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 in golf. You know, every foot you go, you get further away from the hole, your percentage of makes are going to go down. It's the same thing with pass completions. But, you know, if, if you don't have that, if you don't use that as a threat, then you've stopped yourself and you really can, you really compact and constrict the, the playing field that you're, that, that you're trying to attack. Yeah. Well, a th- another thing that Bob Quinn talked about was – some of the trades and some of the um, acquisitions that they made this year and some of the deals that they did to deal players elsewhere, namely Golden Tate. He talked about that trade. He said that they had some offers early in the offseason, and he said that they were almost insulting, and the trade with the Eagles really didn't come together until the morning of the trade. It was an offer that they couldn't refuse. Well, it's for a third-round draft pick, and if I'm Bob Quinn, I'm saying, Philadelphia, please start losing in the playoffs. Every game you win is costing (laughs) us a couple of slots in the draft for Golden Tate, but Look, I have two minds about number one, I understand it because they weren't going to be able to re-sign him. You know, I'm, I'm sure they tried to do that. He, his demands were not going to match what the Detroit Lions wanted to pay for a slot receiver at, at 30, 31, whatever, however old he's going to be. And so, but, but the other side of it to me is, as a fan, I want to see the stars. I want to see the good players. I don't want to see, you know, a third-round draft pick in, in 20, 2019 or 2020, 2021, that future stuff. Nobody ever bought a jersey that said <laughs> salary cap relief on the back or uh, future draft pick or anything like that. It's always a player name, and I'm, I'm like that with all the teams in town. I want to see J.D. Martinez hit home runs. Right? I don't want to see salary cap relief, rebuilding, and all that. But the other side of this, realistically, as we have, you and I, we've covered the league for a long time now. You understand the financial ramifications right. and the 
concept of building and restoring a roster that's inherent in all of this stuff. Well, the tight end position is another spot that we've talked about that the Lions just did not do well in uh, this season, but he he addressed what they tried to do this offseason Well, there. the position doesn't have a tight end. It has three guys who go out there and line up. Uh, the only one to me who did anything at all was Levine Toilolo, and I thought he was maybe a good second or third tight end and, and a, it, 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 the way he based on his production pretty good blocker pretty good down the field receiver because of his size but Luke Wilson much as I love the guy didn't work sure added nothing Michael Roberts sorry you've had two years he he, he did nothing as, as a rookie and regressed from that in his second year I mean just no, no reliability there and I'm he has some some attributes related to size. I don't see the attributes related to athleticism and consistency of performance. Well, Bob said they tried to go out and make some offers to sure. some top tight ends on the market, but they just didn't pan out. Well, yeah, the, you know, the Rob Gronkowski. I mean, to me, that was, you know, I applaud it, but that's a shot in the dark. Sure. And when he said, no, I'm not, I don't want to leave Tom Brady in New England. Well, of course. Makes total sense. Right. He didn't want to go anywhere. He wanted to stay there. Right. And, and you know what? Watching him play, I'm not so sure he would have helped the Detroit Lions all that much. Uh, Gronkowski, by the end of the season, just looked like a lumbering guy who'd lost an awful lot. The only thing he had retained from what made him great, truly great, was size, size and toughness. But he had no speed, no athleticism, no you know none of that. those things that, that just, even if he were a normal-sized guy, would have set him apart. Well, one thing he did say that he felt like they improved on this year was he felt that they drastically improved playing that physical brand of football that he has wanted to instill here that he said he didn't see here his first couple of years. So he says that that's really coming to fruition now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, the last time the Lions had a top 10 defense was 2014 when they were second overall and first against the run and really an historically good uh, uh, run defense. They, you know, they were in the top 10 in the history of the league that year. In, in their run defense, and so that was really good. But since that's regressed in the last three years, and I'm not going to you know, blame any particular you know player or group of players or defensive coordinator or coaches, but they lived on turnovers, and that's great. But it's it's I mean it's it's good and it's yeah as a, a st- statistic, but it's great if you're the Chicago Bears and you're third overall in defense and first in turnovers, first in you know takeaways, and the Detroit Lions really couldn't stop anybody in the clutch last year and for the first half of the season but they improved dramatically over the second half of the season part of it was the acquisition uh, the trade with the Giants that gave them uh, Snacks Harrison Damon Snacks Harrison uh, part of it was the development of Jared Davis at, at, at middle linebacker uh, I that that group got better and better I think Quandre Diggs emerged as a legitimate mm-hmm. number one free safety in the National Football League really a quarterback they're a tremendous overall football player for the Detroit Lions they just got better you know and Troy one thing that kind of just doesn't quite compute the Detroit Lions were had 43 sacks they were tied for 11th in the league but they didn't really have a premier pass rusher you know uh, Romeo Aquara another good you know sharp pickup they got him on waivers you know uh, after the after the cut to 53 from the Giants led the team with seven and a half sacks if you had a premier pass rusher in there, then you get up into the 50, 51, 52 range, which puts you at the top, and it doesn't seem like a lot, you know, increases seven or eight, but what it does is it gives you a person that the, that the defense, the, I'm sorry, the opposing offense has to scheme for. I don't think the Lions had a right. had a Ziggy Ansa of three years ago that you had to scheme for. Sure. 
All right. Well, next on the agenda for the Lions is going to be figuring out who that next offensive coordinator is going to be. All across the NFL, there's head coaching hires and uh, there, there's movement in the, in the coaching carousel. Obviously, the Packers have hired their new head coach, which we'll touch on that in a second. But before we get to that, uh, what do you think the Lions are aiming for when it comes to this new offensive coordinator? Bob Quinn said that Matt Patricia will be in charge of that hire. Yeah, and he also said that they're not going to, you know, that it's not the players aren't going to hire the coach. The coach is going to hire the coach. I, I just think it's someone who shares Matt Patricia's overall vision and adds to it. And I think they've got to get to what, they are, what they're doing now, improving the run game, being tougher up front, uh, more, you know, taking better care of the ball, but they've got to add the passing element to it. You know, National Football League, and this is, I don't know if I'm right or wrong about this, but to me it is, it comes down to small runs, third and two, third and one, you know, second and three, and big passes in the clutch. And you see the teams that are advancing in the playoffs have that pretty much, you know, the, the eight finalists as we speak right now pretty much have that at their disposal. Detroit Lions did not have that last year, and I think they've got to add it now. Whatever names there are, I mean, who knows? I think this, hire somebody, come ask me what they ought to do, I'll tell you, <laughs> and then you go do it. All right, well, we uh, know that Mike O'Hara is available for consults after... Uh, free, by the way. Yeah, free, free, by the time uh, the, the new head coaching hire is made. So I'll sit up there in the press box, thumbs up and thumbs down, okay? I like it, I like it. And... and it's also good to know that there's usually some good Iva chocolate up here in our office. If you do decide to come visit Mike O'Hara for a consult, he keeps us stocked. Oh, Godiva, I love it. <laughs> Except when the bill comes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's let's talk about Green Bay before we go here. Obviously, uh, news around the division is always uh, something interesting to pay attention to. They hire Matt Lafleur as their new head coach. What's your reaction to that hire? Well, I like to feel you know he's a, you know, he's not a I wouldn't call him a local kid, but he's really kind of touched just about every every uh, college here. The directional colleges in the state of Michigan. He played wide receiver at Western Michigan, quarterback at Saginaw Valley. He's been to Central. He's been to Northern. Been an assistant coach. He's paid his dues and you know in terms of being a you know position coach and being a lot of places. But he has one season as a as a play caller as an offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans, and we'll see how it works. I mean, that to me doesn't scream, okay, I'm going to make the next step, here we go. I, don't, I didn't see anything great that the Tennessee Titans did. However, it's kind of hard to win games, with in, in, big games, with Blaine Gabbard as your quarterback, and that was yeah. proven when they got drummed out, didn't make the playoffs in their last game of the season, when Gabbard found too many defenders wide open and took advantage and threw them the ball. So we'll see with LaFleur. I I thought it was time for a change in in, in Green Bay with with uh, with Mike McCarthy. Much as I liked what he did, but the team had gotten stale, and I don't think they have the personnel. Like th- I think one thing is clear right now, and this reflects the Detroit Lions. The the, the old Lambo Jenks Aaron Rodgers hex is gone. Right. The Lions have won four straight the last four games, and they've beaten two of those two and zero oh without Rodgers, two and zero oh with them. They've won three of the last four at Lambeau. That's done. Green Bay, come to Detroit. Let's see how you do. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Mike O'Hara bringing the heat here. And we're going to outright him, too. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, I think it's funny, too, that three of the four NFC North coaches are now named Matt. Well, the welcomes, welcome Matt's out for coaches in Detroit. There we go. There we and go. quarterbacks. <laughs> I like and it. And kickers. <laughs> 
Yeah, lots of mats, lots of mats in this world. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on uh, to talk off season with us. I'm sure that we will be talking more with you as the combine and as the Senior Bowl and Pro Bowl and all the fun off season stuff rolls around. Well, it never stops. You know, the National Football League is a 13 month a year job, a gig. It never stops. <laughs> That's so true. Some there's, there's another month out there. That I'm not sure what they called it, <laughs> but it, it but it's here. Yeah, exactly. Well, as far as the podcast goes for you guys, just to let you know what to expect as uh, the off season goes on, there will be some weeks where we will have podcasts and some weeks where we will not when the off season news is a little bit quiet, but there will be more weeks with podcasts than there are without. Now, there will be a lot of events coming up like the Senior Bowl and the Combine where we will have uh, shows on site from those events. So those will be really fun. We'll try and talk to some players. We'll try and talk to some national analysts. So make sure you stick with us. Keep subscribed to the podcast as the off season goes on because we'll be keeping you guys updated. Right, Mike? Yeah, and don't forget we'll have videos too. So yeah. a lot of stuff going on here at, at uh, Studio 2019. Yeah, exactly. And obviously you want to read Michael O'Hara's work. That's and Tim Twentyman. good stuff. And Tim Twentyman. Just visit DetroitLions.com. We got you covered, guys, all right? Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast this week. We will talk with you next time we have a podcast. We'll see you then.